0: Once again, you're listening to the September October 2013 podcast edition of Alberta Doctors Digest. I'm your host and editor in chief, Marvin Polis, and now it's time for another one of our regular columns Webfooted MD. In fact, this time we're going to call it the Webfooted Physician for Old Time's Sake, but more about that in a minute. Now we're going to have a chat with Dr. Barry McComb. He wants to talk about computer addiction. Barry, what's on your mind?
1: My first article that I ever wrote for the AMA, I started with the phrase: "You know you are a computer addict when you go to a party and introduce your partner as my spouse at home dot com." That line happened to end my first web-footed article in September 1997, and I thought it made a good start to this article. It will uh, be my last regular article for the AMA.
0: Tell us the story then. I mean, you go back a long way when it comes to computers, back to, I understand, the early 1970s.
1: That's right. I guess uh, Dr. George McQuitty was probably the one who got me interested. He was doing a computer billing company at the time and was talking about computers quite a bit when I was his family practice resident. I became seriously addicted in 1973 after I took an introduction a computer evening course. I remember that day that the computer filled the whole room and required special cooling. We had to be careful where we stepped, and today the average smartphone probably has more computing power.
0: Now, I understand these old computers even had punch cards, no less.
1: That's right. The, uh, The history of the punch card actually goes back to weaving machines in England where they used cards to control the weaving patterns, and some smart individual decided to make them that's what they would feed into computers in the early days. So every line of the computer program that you wrote and every line of data had to be written on a cardboard card. and you put this whole stack into the computer, hope you had everything right, and then waited half an hour while it was your turn for the results to be printed.
0: Now, I expect a lot of doctors have not been around long enough to remember punch cards, but the uh, the next thing you wanted to talk about, uh, uh, I know I remember this, and that's the Commodore PET computer.
1: Yes, I went from being a computer addict to a computer pusher in 1983 when uh, Jocelyn Lockyer asked me to teach a computer course for continuing medical education. And we were using the Commodore PETs, so one of the first uh, personal computers, and there were so few of them that we had two doctors to each computer. And despite all the other things that I tried to teach them that day, they were most fascinated by a spreadsheet program that most had never seen that it calculated how small increases in a monthly mortgage payment would dramatically shorten the payment period. In fact, we ran overtime in the course while they were still playing with it.
0: And you mentioned that was the early 1980s, and I understand another milestone for you was the early 1990s. Tell me about that. Well,
1: in 1991, I became the director of the Medical Information Service at the University of Calgary. This was an idea of Dr. John Parbusing, who was head of continuing medical education at the time and the goal was to provide rural physicians with answers to questions arising in their medical practice by sending them articles from the medical literature because they were obviously farther away from the medical library and couldn't just drop over after their rounds to pick up the literature. As more internet medical resources became available over the next few years, the program gradually evolved into the virtual library for rural physicians where the physicians could conduct their own searches on the internet and get the answers much more quickly.
0: So I guess this was a very interesting time for you, maybe even a stressful time and uh, was this the time that you started to uh, to learn fiddling?
1: Uh, yes, it was. I used to joke that I started playing with computers to relieve the stress of working with patients. Now my job was using computers every day in my job, so right. I bought a fiddle and 1995, took some basic lessons and became addicted to Celtic and old-time music. I've come full circle with that. The, uh, the class that I took was taught by someone called Mavis Hutchings, still in part of our Prairie Mountain Fiddler group, and now I teach that course, which is even more fun introducing other people to uh, fiddles.
0: And, of course, everybody knows that fiddles have bows, and uh, I kind of see a parallel between bows and, let's say, the stylus on a Palm Pilot computer. Remember Palm Pilots?
1: Oh, yes, the old stylus i would forgotten about that. Yes, in uh, 1997 the uh, Palm Pilot handheld computer was introduced and it was an ancestor of today's smartphones. So for the first time physicians could obtain medical information right at the bedside. So They were adopted very, very rapidly for a new piece of uh, technology and that was probably the most exciting part of working at the uh, Medical Information Service at that time because a new computer was being released almost every week and two new computer programs every week. So as doctors started to adopt uh, all forms of computers a little bit more, I wound up being quite busy teaching other physicians about computers through continuing medical education or the AMA's DOSP program.
0: Well, I understand the same time you were following your passion with fiddling, and that led to square dancing as well, and now computers and square dancing, for goodness sakes.
1: In 2007, I went to a week-long fiddle camp uh, with my partner, and every evening after our classes, there would be a square dance. We enjoyed it so much that we joined a club when we got back to Calgary, and it's been part of our life ever since. The Square dancing is a great way to get both a mental and a physical workout and you meet lots of nice people, and I hope that some of the doctors might consider giving it a try sometime. There's probably a club in their local community. How can you tell? I'm on the promotions committee for the uh, Calgary.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and how do you use computers in uh, square dancing?
1: I use them a lot. Many of the callers still use 45 RPM records. They'd go back quite a ways, but uh, I've come in very late, so I use my iPad computer and MP3 music files that are very useful. With that computer, I have one advantage that they don't. I can change the speed of the music or the pitch of the music. I have a bass voice, so I can't always sing along with some tenor who did the original recording. I've also got a computer I use a lot that shows the dancers moving on the screen whenever I'm writing new dance routines.
0: So as you think about your retirement, you know, you you announced it at the beginning of this interview. I think it's really quite interesting that uh, computers have played such a prominent role both in your career and in your personal passion.
1: Mm -hmm. The only thing that's happened now is that my other addictions have moved computers from being a passion to a tool. And since I'm not keeping up with the latest developments, I decided that uh, it was getting more and more difficult to uh, write the columns for the AMA and try and appear to be up to date. So I hope that over the last 16 years, I've helped uh, at least a few of our readers to have a better understanding of computer technology. And I know that that's worked because I just had an email message from someone wanting help with Windows 8 the other day that had read my article.
0: Fair enough. Now, uh, I understand that uh, back in the beginning, and this was before my time with uh, Alberta Doctors' Digest, that the web-footed MD was actually known as the web-footed physician, and I promise that we're going to talk about that a little bit more, and that's, that's a, a name that you always liked.
1: Well, it's the original name of the column, and I liked it, you know, the, the sound of the footed in physician, but somewhere along the line of the several editors that we had, somebody decided to change it and make it back, so that's why I asked you if we could go back full circle for the uh, last article in the series.
0: Well, Barry, in honor of you, indeed, uh, the, the very last uh, edition of the Web-Footed MD featuring Dr. Barry McComb will be entitled, once again, the Web-Footed Physician. So uh, what are you planning for your retirement?
1: Well, just keeping up with the addictions that I've mentioned. It's some, uh, I've certainly learned that uh, once you retire it, I can't believe how I ever managed to practice medicine with all the different things I've got involved in.
0: Terrific. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful having you as a, as a regular for Alberta, Doctor's Digest, and uh, we wish you all the best.
1: Yes, and the same for you. I know you've uh, introduced one of the new things with being the podcasts and that of these articles. So I hope that you find other ways to uh, use technology uh, as the ADD magazine uh, develops even further.
0: I think we will. Oh, Great. Thank you, Barry.
1: You're most welcome.